following program may be explicit. Eye for an eye is the way that we're rolling. Now we got some more mass requiring a toll. We will shock you. We will awe you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack. What's that, bitch? I got a big thick scratcher. You a bad edge. You a weak fight. Like a flea bite. And we'll kill you like a foley on the bomb night. You never knew what hit you in the lock. Wait, click. Bang yourself in like a sinner in a jack chick. Little pamphlet. Yeah. Go away, Baton! Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 9 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. This is Jib. And I'm Kimmy. And we have a game convention coming up September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Yay! Uh, Yay! Hilton Hotel in beautiful downtown Downtown Los Los Angeles. Angeles. That sort of looks (laughs) like the apocalypse today. It does. A little bit. A little bit. Your game's in? My, I have one game in. I may put a second in. I'm not sure. What game's in? Uh, a Big Blue Monkeys game. Oh, nice. Or, or sorry, a Vast Dominions. A Vast yeah. Dominions is the new name for yeah. it. I, I I like Vast Dominions, but Big Blue, Monkeys, Big Blue Monkeys hits right. me in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm working on a setting book for that. That's a lot of work. That's more work than coming up with the the the, the game system. The, yeah. the rules themselves not that big a problem. Right. It's the setting. setting. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Because I sat down to... I've had this fantasy world that I've run a bunch of games in. Mm-hmm. And I sat down to start... And started making an outline to mm-hmm. try to, you know, just put it down somewhere. The outline is 12 pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm somewhere around the 40-page mark right now. I ain't even half done. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to need an editor because there's no way I can go through and... And Moments of Truth is like 37 pages That's or the something? rules. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you've got a whole solar system with yeah. the planets, right? Yep. Right. And there's like the player section and the GM section. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. things have only been explored to a certain point. Like the... the I think the forest outposts are on Saturn. Okay. Because it, it, it's a long ass way to the rest yeah. of those planets. Right, but they found a new planet, right? Well, yes, yeah. And that actually might—I might roll that back. That might be in the GM section. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. But um, that would make a really good um, included adventure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That would that, that that and that's like the perfect style of adventure for the setting too. Yeah. So, what but, about you two? And then setting rules, right? You got games you're going to run. Uh, yeah, the, the ship combat setting rules. All the equipment, yeah, stuff is in there. Skills specific to the system, that stuff is in there. Um, but right now, all of the like organizations, because I'm going to have a, a section yeah. on on all of the like corporations that exist, and then I'm also there's another section on all of the sort of organizations that are out there because there's uh-huh. there's like the 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 Royal Xenology. Society uh-huh. and like all these organizations that you can either belong to or you might find yourself up against or who knows what. Yeah, and that just and, and there has to be enough detail in there for a GM to read it and go, okay, yep. I can see how these guys can get used this way or that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. definitely. Right. It's gonna take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff. It's in in some ways it's kind of a of a spiral trap getting into this yes. writing games thing right. because it's like it it becomes a there's sort of an addictive thing to it for me. <laughs> it's like where, a feedback loop too. Yeah, I I start writing things on on bad streets, and I just keep 
mm-hmm. keep dig, you know, going. It, it's like, at some point, it's like it's like Inception. It's like where do you stop? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, at what level of detail do you want to include, and when do you want to like stop and say, okay, GMs can like figure it out at that point. There. Yep. So. What about you two? You Are two you running, running games at Gateway? I'm running a game. I'm going to be running my uh, uh, game that I ran at JackerCon. And uh, what? I am Just there. Well, go, I like turned that. and looked at it. I'll look away from it now. It'll be go, fine. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's easier to change my head than the mic. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have to figure out because it took um, a long time to run it when I ran it for JackerCon. Part of that was the kind of added time, which I talked about in the last podcast of kind of the paperwork stuff and customization that having to pass that back and forth over the internet uh-huh. took a lot longer than it would at a con table. Um, so I have to just make sure that I can get it in like a cohesive story in a four hour block. Cool. But I'm excited. There's Max and stuff. And it's of course in wild talents. Nice. And since that one's cool. done, I might do another one, but I have like a month. It'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. I may, do, I may, I may run a Friday night thing. Maybe, but the, you, you, I, I want to find out if they're going to have games on demand because they're going to cool. have games yeah, on demand. Because I went away last time, but it was there the previous two cons, right? But you didn't like I think it so. when you, last time you ran a Friday night game. You didn't like it very much. What's think what it was? Well, everyone was tired. You thought? Uh, I know you ran. Yeah. It was a Savage Worlds fantasy. It was the... The Dungeon Crawl. The Dungeon Crawl. Uh, right. Because yeah. Gene and I both played it, and it was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, you designed it specifically for people to be brain dead after traffic. It, it's, yeah. it's go ahead and kill things and take its stuff. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> um, yep. But, I like Friday night games. I don't know. It's like, I've been waiting for Con. Right. For my whole life. <laughs> and here it's Friday night. Yep. I have to register my room, though, I, I think. I'm gonna have to you better go. hurry. Yeah, oh, yeah, you better hurry. Yeah. Block one, block two, block three. Not this yet, yeah. but last time. Yeah. Because they go well, that, really that's fast. The, I think the, the, that, that's, isn't that usually the heaviest attended con or is that Orcon? Uh, this used to be Orcon. Oh, maybe. Okay. But yeah, I think, I it's think been Orcon Gateway is the one where we get most people from this Happy community. Jacks. Yeah. yeah. Happy Jack. And Orcon is the most attended overall. Okay. I think. Um, yeah, I typically run a Friday afternoon two o'clock game, mm-hmm. and I really like that because it just kind of sets the right. the con off. I can't get there by then. I mean, I I can try, but a lot of times I don't. I'd rather yeah. just get there on Friday night and have some dinner, yeah. drink, hang out with my friends. Once they get out of their annoying Friday night games that I wasn't <laughs> in, sit in the car while I'm alone. <laughs> But yeah, it should be a good con. I'm very excited. And a great opportunity to te- to play test your your developing game, huh? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, in this episode, D writes in asking about uh, asking how to get his wife into RPGs. Steve from Atlanta asks for a way to encourage role playing at the table. Joseph from the UK writes in with a horror story and thoughts on JackerCon. Uh, Clockwork Monk sends in his Marvel Cinematic Universe campaign idea, and Useless Trivia Man treats us to a gaming horror story. Mm. But first! (laughs) The tip of the week. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) That's the theme. It is. (laughs) Until I have time to do another one. Um, 
if you are playing or running a game that has separate roles for attacks and damage, such as, oh, I don't know, Pathfinder, D&D, Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. things like that, if you want to speed up your combat, roll your damage dice at the same time you roll your attack. So okay. if you have, uh, you do your attack with a long sword, and you, so you pick up your D20, you pick up your D8, and you roll them together. I keep them color-coded, so I roll the same color damage dice with the my attack dice. If you mm-hmm. get multiple attacks. Or right, and that way if I have multiple attacks, they're all color-coded, and I can just look at them right away. Right. Um, an, an addendum, if you're playing Savage Worlds or another game that has exploding dice, like, oh, you know, vampire. Um, don't pick up the dice you've already rolled and roll them again, because then you have to remember what you already had. Right. Have additional dice and just roll them on top of it. Mm-hmm. So that you... Cause, and that just speeds things up, makes things go more smoothly. Yep. And if you're playing something that uses all the same dice, to have one color dice for your mm-hmm. hit and one color for your, yeah. for your damage. Yeah. Um, I used to, when I was r- running Hero... If you want to get really detailed, you've got the the attack, you've got the location, you've got the this, the that. I would have a pool of different colored dice, mm-hmm. and that way I could just like grab it and throw it, and then I could just glance at the dice and know what each one was for. Right. There you go. Cool. Our tip of the week. <laughs> I'll, it's just a placeholder. I'll have something else. Maybe but it's name. kind of apropos. <laughs> And then that's you know, and the cool thing is, if someone rolls, it could make that miss even more tragic if they rolled oh. amazing damage. Oh yeah. For it. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's very true. All right. Oh, the the attack that would have been right. Uh, getting my wife into RPGs from D. Dear polymer bags of vaginal cleaning fluid. That's not going to work. That's not going to get your wife into... No. 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 Yeah. Um, I played D&D when I was a lot younger, started with the red box version. Uh, then, when I discovered girls at about age 13, I spent the next few decades trying to explore a different kind of cavern. <laughs> Last year, my 12-year-old daughter watched Titan's Grave with Will Wheaton. What is that? Anyone know what that is? I have no idea. I don't know, but I think it's really cool that she watched it with Will Wheaton. I think, yeah. I know exactly what he meant. Uh, (laughs) He needed commas. Okay. (laughs) And wanted to play the game. Oh, I wonder wonder if that was on uh, his show. What's that show he does? Um, Tabletop. Tabletop. Tabletop, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I bought all the stuff. I wrote my wife into joining us. We built characters and have played several sessions. We are pretty busy, so gaming is spaced out. What? What? I don't Uh, understand. More than I would like. Uh, Now for the issue. My wife, while willing to play, isn't very enthusiastic and feels awkward. This is in quotes. And quote, feels awkward role-playing a character. End quote. She seems to think that Trail or Call of Cthulhu might be more enjoyable since there is a sense of being a detective game, searching for clues, and a little less, quote, nerdy, end quote, than fantasy. Being a high school special education teacher, I think she associates RPGs with the more uncool and socially awkward kids at school. One, how can I give, can you give any tips on running a game of that style? Two, how 
to how to get my wife to relax and not feel odd about getting into character. Two <laughs> A, should I help her build a character closer to herself so so there is less for her to act at? And three, which of the two games might be better for a beginner, since it has been decades since I GM'd, other than a few Titans Grave sessions. Thank you for your in-depth analysis, D. P.S. My daughter is very artistic and creative and tries and does pretty good at to play her character and really gets into the game. She also thinks a scary game would be fun. P.P.S. Don't just drink chug. Woohoo! Chug. Mimosa. mimosa. I'm not chugging my mimosa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I only had a little bit left, so I yeah. did. There you go. Good and job. now I have my kombucha. <sighs> Um, uh, first off, uh, total kudos to her for being a special education teacher. Those yeah. are much needed, oh, yeah. and it's a very important part of our educational system. So, well done, her. Yep. Now to your Agreed. actual <laughs> actual questions. Want to start um, with the one, two, three? Yeah. yeah. Very organized. So you should like use that. If, if she that expressed an interest in a certain type of game, oh yeah, fucking run that. Run game. Yeah, that yeah, for sure. That. Give people what they want. Yeah. Um, so, yes, go find a, a, a version of Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, the BRP version of Call of Cthulhu, the the real Call of Cthulhu game, as entertaining and fun as it can be, mm-hmm. it's not the one I would recommend. It's kind of a bear to run in some ways. Mm-hmm. It can be. Um, if he has, If he's an old school GM... The concepts for it are going to be far more familiar to him. That's true. So if you've got a copy of Call of Cthulhu lying around... Run it. Run If you've got it and you know it a little bit, run that. I kind of got the impression that he didn't. Yeah. If you don't, um, maybe. Uh, there are two ways to go with this that seem to jump out at me. One would be Savage Worlds. That would be Trail of Cthulhu. That would be Trail of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, because... At its basic, at its core levels, Savage Worlds is dead simple to to learn and run. Yeah, there are intricacies about it, but they're small. And exploding dice are fun. He would need the Savage Worlds book and Trail of Cthulhu. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Explorer's edition of Savage Worlds is ten dollars. Right. Right. You know, so it's hard to beat that. Another way you could go about this is there is a version of the of wait. Is the Savage Worlds version Realms of Cthulhu? The Savage, yes. Okay, Realms. realms I, I always get those mixed Trail up. Trail of Cthulhu is actually the other one I was That's thinking of. That's what I was going to Gumshoe. Suggest. That's Gumshoe. And um, Gumshoe might be a, a good pick for this because it takes all of that you know, niddly nitpicking stuff about BRP and whatnot out of the equation, and it's yep. all about the story. Mm-hmm. And characters are designed to be good at what they do. Yes. And that's one book, and it's moderately priced. And it's moderately priced. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Gumshoe is a ton of fun. I have not played it. I mean, you know, this next con, I'll, if someone's running it, I'll see if I can get into it. Yeah, I've only game. played hacks of Gumshoe I've, stuff. Yeah, I've only played a hack, and it was one time. But I like what I've read. Yeah, Loki. I've got, um, on PDF, I've got Esoterrorists. Okay. Something else, and then I've got Trail of Cthulhu, the, like the hardcover. Okay, you also like might want to consider since you don't know if she'll like RPGs. There's a very real possibility maybe she's the person 
who won't like it, yeah, maybe don't go spend a bunch of money on a new system. Right. If you have a system that might work, like skin it with yeah. Cthulhu, because she's not going to be like a huge expert and be like, no, that would have this, right. you know. So maybe take something you've already spent money on, skin it with uh, the kind of like setting she's more interested in. Then if she ends up really having fun, then go out and spend money on new systems. Absolutely. And yeah. as yeah. far as her, her discomfort with playing, with role playing her character, um, my advice on this is pretty much always the same. L- lead the way. You know, you play your, your parts and show her that this is fun to do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, not necessarily, but hopefully in time, she will get beyond her awkward I feelings. I think... I think it's not necessarily, I think it's a good idea sometimes to have, uh, he says something about, should I have, uh, first of all, do definitely help her build her character unless she doesn't want you to. Right. Um, but he was saying about closer to herself. I think it's not necessarily the opposite of that, but kind of the opposite of that in that if you, there is a character that you are fond of from fiction or tele, television or a movie or something like that, that she likes um, that she could kind of maybe grab onto the aspect of that character and she would have a lot of fun uh, playing those attributes mm-hmm. versus being close to yourself and therefore it feels uncomfortable and silly or whatever right. she feels like. So it's like if you're playing a Monster of the Week game and you love Buffy or you love Willow, I, I think you get Make how to archetype play archetype the person yes. already is familiar you with. You got it. Yeah. 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 Or you could even go the exact opposite direction and have them make themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is what he was saying. Well, he was saying make someone similar, but actually oh, make yourself. I see what you're saying. Make yourself as a yeah. character. Run it. Okay, you're in the house. And yeah. a lot of times those things end up turning into LARPs. Though. Yeah. <laughs> or that's why Kimmy and I were grinning over the, how to get my wife to relax. Yeah. And not feel <laughs> odd about getting into character. <laughs> getting into role I was like, this is a different kind of advice oh. show you're looking for. <laughs> you buy? No, I'm just kidding. I know. Yeah, uh, mimosas. Yeah, and you have, with mimosas. you have to keep in mind too, though. There, like, there are different styles of players. Like, we have our thespians. We tend to be yep. more of that ilk here at Happy Jacks RPG. But there are more of the descriptive Absolutely. players as well. You know, I've sat down at tables where people are like, "I walk into the room and I say this to the person," and right. instead of yeah. like really like, and in going into character. So maybe she might be that type of player yeah. too. And for some people, it's all about the mechanics. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe you have a budding min-maxer in your mix. You never <laughs> yeah. know. The, the, that could she be. might be an uber-power gamer just yeah. waiting to get out. Yeah. So just kind of be flexible. Wait for her to discover what kind of gamer she is, because she doesn't know either. And as, as she shows you things about how she likes to play, reward that and, <laughs> and, and play to it. Right. Uh, the Pavlovian feel, style feel, of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little icky. Yeah. Ding! <laughs> oh, I have a good time of chocolate. Would you like to talk in character? <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Don't do that. No. Not if you like Although, being yeah. married anyway. Have a, you, Unless you want to get punched in the throat. You could have a bag of cookies and say, oh, that was very good. Here, have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to debate how effective that would be. I'm like, how often? Maybe with the 12 year old daughter. Have a dark (laughs) chocolate peanut butter cup. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. That would work. Yeah. I left those on the table. I hope it hasn't gotten so hot that it smushed them. (laughs) 
I Those don't take them in the house. If I take them in the house, they'll be gone. Then you yeah. just eat them with a spoon if it smushed them. <laughs> but you gotta pick the paper out. Oh, yeah. Because they're in a little paper cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you just pick the paper out and heat them up even more and pour the whole thing over ice cream. There you go. Uh. So we kind of answered his his question. Yeah. Nice happy families, though. Yeah. yeah. With the. Yeah, good luck. RPG good luck with time. that. Yeah, and I, great job raising the yeah. next generation of gamers. Yep. And Holy. gamer girls specifically. Yes. Lead the way to better PR. P RP. RP. Yeah, that, that's my typo. From yeah. Steve in Atlanta. <laughs> Steve in Atlanta. Hello, Mary Swabs. Considering the recent emails, <laughs> this is a relatively <laughs> short email filled with some time to, to fill some time in the podcast. Good. Excellent. We need content. Mm -hmm. I am in a D&D &D 3.5 group. All friends for the past 20 plus years. We play every four to six weeks, so they tend to be 12-hour marathon sessions. Yay. I have been migrating from the uh, migrating from crunch to storytelling over the years, and my latest character was my attempt to infuse our group with some more RP, even during fights. He's an elf tinkerer and conjurer. Lots of fun with how he casts spells as uh, cobbled technology. Even uh, has a friend to help him out, another player's Warforge character. First session, I decided to go a little overboard with the RP to see what reaction I would get. I took a page from the Master of Lists and decided to talk with a pronounced lists. Thanks, Scully. <laughs> I can't do it, sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love, Are you like, really sure you want Tim as your role model, though? <laughs> yes. He's amazing. <laughs> sure. Master of yes. lists. Yes, he does. Yes. 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 He, he totally does. Thanks. Yeah, I almost said something, but I think it might be a spoiler. Okay, never mind. Continuing <laughs> on. Good job ma using Master of Lists. I think all of the vampire episodes are out. They're out now? Okay. Yeah. Because so, yes. we're having scheduling issues right he now. He got a promotion. Um, there are plenty He was very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were I was happy about that because that meant I got a promotion because I was able to promote it. It was amazing. <laughs> all right. There were plenty of smiles and laughs through the first session. Good so far. At the end of the session... I asked if anyone wanted me to stop the lisp. Great consensus was they would let me know if it stopped being fun. Yay! Over the past several months, I've been poking and prodding others to lean more into character during conversations. In most cases, the results are less than stellar. Any advice on something else to try and get a group to RP a bit more? I've tried leading by example. Try cookies or chocolate. <laughs> and or looking, alcohol. Or alcohol. And looking for another angle to draw them in. Thanks for keeping my uh, my commutes entertaining. Consume mass quantities. Oh, uh, Steve uh, from Conehead Atlanta. Reference. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Um. Well, my first advice for this is always lead the way, but you're already doing that, so rock on. Keep doing that. Um. After that, um. As a GM, the best way to get your players to do what you would like for them to do from a general playing standpoint is to uh, build game to that thing and reward them when they do it. Chocolate. Yeah. You know, Chocolate. Um, <laughs> uh, it, the, the simple explanation is in Savage Worlds, when they do the things that you that are, are fun for the game and, and help the game, give them bennies. Give mm -hmm. them bennies. That's a good thing. I... I've never really liked the, you know, if you entertain the GM, the GM gives you a cookie thing. Yeah. I, I, but it, 
it's damn handy if you've got a table of people and you're trying to encourage them to role play, Mm -hmm. especially if you have very mechanically minded people. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect reward. You're not rewarding them for entertaining you. You're, you're, yeah, you're reinforcing that the thing you just did is a good thing. Right. Keep doing that. A lot of times it turns into. It can. Yeah. It totally can. You made a funny joke. I think, I wonder if sitting down with. Tar- mm-hmm. He's doing this as a player, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Sitting down with someone who seems somewhat receptive to to role playing, or at least trying right. it. Sit down with them with their character, and see if you can find an opportunity where something going on in the course of the game would get their character to feel very strongly about something. Yeah. And then help. And, and then encourage the player to take that, take the lead in that situation, and say, "No, I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, my, my dwarf does not will will not abide this, blah blah blah, or what, whatever the situation is," um, and encourage them to take the lead and act as a follower in that to help them take the forefront and take the spotlight. That might encourage them. It might terrify them. I I think that works. I do. And I also think if you have those relationships built in, uh, the bonds <coughs> between the characters. Oh, yeah. Where there's, uh, it can be good natured. Well, it doesn't have to be conflict. Conflict is just fun. Yeah. Um, but where there's ribbing between characters or where there's the, hey, we, you know, we go way back because we fought that battle, blah, 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 where something they can riff off of. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think once you get a pretty satisfying RP experience character to character or between multiple characters that becomes its own reward. And you kind of want to keep oh, yeah. that up yeah. too. And yeah. It, it, hap- it, it, if, it happens very naturally during the course of a yep. game. The characters yeah. will bond. Yep. And then, I mean, and that, that when I, when one of the last games I played in regularly was uh, Bruce and Casey's game. And I had a, had a blind swordsman and Stork played a barbarian. <laughs> and we were really the only two fighters in the group yep. who actually would, get down and you know Melee. swing swords at yeah. people and, and hurt people and uh, after one session or something like one of us is binding the other one's wounds and we kind of have this bonding moment uh-huh. where it's like we're the only two people here who can really fight yeah <laughs> watch each other's back and then the whole rest of the game the game didn't only last a few more sessions after that but the whole time the two of us whenever something would happen we kind of look at each other and go Mm-mm, no. Yep. <laughs> See, that's awesome. I, I nope. think that's something we, we tease clockwork Steven a lot about you know, because he's really good RP'er. Yes, but he is. But that is something mm-hmm. he's also very good at, is that he will establish relationships uh, with the other characters or with one or two other characters, and he will constantly kind of play off that and, mm-hmm. and yeah. rope you in. And, and and he is not at all shy about making that thing something to his character's detriment. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, ran a tra- I ran a Traveler game in GURPS. He started taking the ship apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a part? We just got that back together. He's, he's being we placed, need to leave right now. on his own petard right now because he's got a uh, verpine uh, mechanic on our Star Wars ship that uh, does that and changes yeah, everything. Really? Yeah, to he, be all ver- verpanese or how Yeah, he's, he's that. the captain. And then uh, Matt Fuller is playing this verpine mechanic mm-hmm. who is constantly taking things apart and rearranging things in the ship. Just, you know, cause What's verpine? Uh, they're insect, go- insect men from Star Wars. 
Oh, from Star Wars. I thought you said Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. I swear I said Star Wars, but I do that sometimes. Um, yeah. I, so I might have. I thought you said Star Trek. Because <laughs> there, there was an insectoid race in Enterprise. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Remember the, the five species from that one planet? Remember the big story arc where they go to the, the one zone? Yep. Yes. There were there was the, yeah, the well, cetaceans, yeah. the insectoids, the reptilians, the hominids, and the uh, simians. Yeah, and I might have said Star Trek, and there had been an avian species I as well. See that today, because Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It's oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, his and there have been times when I just have sat back and just watched them talk mm-hmm. back at, at each other because they, you know. Matt is is so deep into his his insect guy, and one of the very first things that happened in the game is he's walking down the street. And it's an insect guy, right. right? And a rubber ball comes bounding out of the a side street and you know hits him and then drops at his feet. A little kid runs up to grab it, picks it up, and looks up at it and freaks out because there's a big insect guy standing. Sure, there. yeah, giant spider. <laughs> and but this, he's going this from this from a goat child. Yeah, and but it was. Makes my life easy <laughs> right. yeah, as a GM. Oh yeah, that's my favorite part is when you can take a break because the party's arguing. With <laughs> yeah. It's fun. That Thoughts? happens a lot in your games. It does. <laughs> well, I encourage it. Yes. And you do. Okay, and you have Stork in the vampire game. <laughs> right. Yep. Although the next couple <laughs> sessions we probably won't because he's on a new job that's seven days a yeah. week. Yeah. Oh Jesus. So we're probably going to have to exclude him if we're ever going to play. Again. So California labor laws don't apply, or hopefully he gets double time on that. Uh, after a certain amount of time, good. yeah, good. That's it's it's a movie industry. They got yeah. they got plenty of money. <laughs> good. <laughs> They're not worried about that. Yeah. Um, Do we answer his question <laughs> sufficiently? I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. There. Yeah, it's a good question. Yep. Steve from Atlanta. Yeah, if the- that's your real <laughs> city. I know, and every time I want, I don't know why my brain is saying Albania. Every time I say Atlanta, yeah, that's uh, because Atlanta's Steve kind of a Albania. foreign place. Albania, uh, yeah, <laughs> but completely different. Atlanta on the Adriatic. Thoughts <laughs> on Jackercon and a small horror story from Joseph in in the UK. In the UK, dear Happy Daxters, untimely video game reference. Don't don't get it. I don't either. I, I'm sorry that one's lost on me. It's, it's, it's not you, it's us. I don't get it. As a newish listener, I come to you with two things. Feel free to take a drink and discuss after each section. That's good advice. Section A, a GM horror story. I have three stories, but the other two are both long, and this one is actually horrific. So here it is. <coughs> Dexter will... was a video game. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, no, please. Is it is it from the UK? Is it from Dexter everywhere? is a platform video game developed by Ready at Dawn, part of the Jack and Dexter series of games. Oh. Dexter takes place within the two-year time span between Jack and Dexter, the precursor legacy, and Jack 2. Oh, that told uh, me so much. Yeah. 2006, 10 years old. Sony but, Interactive. But I totally get the happy Daxters now, though. Right. Jack and Daxters. That was awesome. Oh, it's like a, it looks kind of like a lizard thing. Oh. All right. Okay. Uh, This one's horrific, so here it is. I will preface the story with the admission that for the most part, I have been a lousy GM. And I contributed to the failure of the following tale. But I think that I only deserve half of the blame. But let's see what you think. 
I was wanting to jam a group at a forum that I used to be on before it closed. It was the forum for the YouTube series Extra Credits. One of the forum people had created a silly bard character, and so I offered to GM for them. We found two other players and arranged for a time to, uh, for the session to begin on Skype. When the session started, everything seemed to be fine at first. Everyone was at a pub and was socializing. With an S. But then suddenly it all went to pieces as the bard and his friend began to basically tear up the place and then <coughs> sassed the local authority. Soon a detachment of the local watch was on their way. Why did this happen? The problem was a mismatch of participant intentions. The bard and his friend were expecting a humorous on-rails murder hobo dungeon crawl where they would be given a task straight off the bat and where they could misbehave and get away with it. Meanwhile, the other player and I were trying to make the game more of an open-ended character piece. This was clearly not going to end well, and it was my fault for not getting a consensus before the game began. That being said, I had left several plot hooks around, and there were, there were many NPCs at the bar who had troubles that the PCs could solve, including some bandit trouble, which would have been right up their alley. But they didn't even try it, just asking for the, the bartender if he had any quests. Yes, that exact wording. That's and, an MMORPG yeah. disease. <laughs> With big arrows and auras. And, right. and when I said that heads. the bartender didn't have any, the chaos began. They also argued that since they rolled a high score on their persuasion, I should magically have a quest for them. <laughs> Eventually, the two troublemaking players said the game wasn't fun and left, leaving me and the other player in a state of depression. That's sad. My questions are, one, what could I have done better in that situation? Give them a fucking quest. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and throw them two, a bone. was it mostly my fault or did I luck out and get some bad Apple players? Let's answer that first and then go ahead. Yeah. I think you ended up getting like post MMO players, it yeah. sounds like. Uh-huh. And you kind of had... Some of those are great, by the way. Some of yeah. them. Yeah, some of them are. <laughs> some of them are great. Um, some of them require retraining. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Um, and uh, Well, just a, a, they th an they adjustment th of expectation. They think the GM has everything planned out. Mm -hmm. to, to begin with, <laughs> right? But that's, that's what they think. That's what they think. They think the GM has everything set up and knows yeah. everything that is, that is a quest giver and... Everything that is oh, a plot point. Oh, if they point. only knew how much stuff comes out of my <laughs> right. ass when I'm running a game. But I and think... You, you, you kind of have to let them in on that, I Sometimes, think. though, when you, uh, you're you in a space where you think going to the bartender, who's the guy who's got all the info because he's a bartender at a place... It makes sense. It makes sense. Yes. And when you get shut down, you think... Okay, well, you know, he does. He does have a prescribed. There's a per, and I don't want to know who the fuck that is. So I'm gonna start a bar fight. Right, right. Because that's they're I, trying to they're trying to start action. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they're going to a dude that they think might yes. have some information that they would find interesting. Yep. which makes perfect sense. Which makes yeah. total sense. That um, doesn't happen, so they go start a fight and yeah. see if that starts action. Yeah. See if that starts something up. Uh, you know, we we talk about yes and mm -hmm. all the time. And we have for a number of years now. I, I've been kind of galvanizing a, a thought in my head over the last several months that um, what yes and really means is don't close your options. Yeah. Don't stop things. 
always try to think of a way to move move whatever's going on forward. Mm-hmm. And if that means they go to the bartender, well, okay. So the bartender now needs to know something. He, yeah, and if it's not that, if there's a, a compelling reason you want them to follow one of the other and meet some of these other NPCs, then have the bartender direct them to that. Right. Well, you you can, know, it's like, well, I don't really know, but, dude, but that guy dude over, there, over there, you can know, but yes, no, the bartender doesn't have any yep. quests, but he lets you know that there's a guy over in the end of the yep. table who's a broker for a, yep. a merchant train or yep. right. He might know something. Yeah, <laughs> right. definitely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. options. Keep yeah. your options open. Well, and I, they're they're trying. Yeah. They're trying. To no, yes. they they are. Yeah, they are. I, I think I think this situation specifically could have been avoided with a little bit more like pre gaming like conversation. Yep. Like you talk to your players. What are you expecting? Different expectations. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So if you have these MMOs slash you know Pathfinder, you know you know Hero Path, whatever they call it. People who are used to like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Adventure, adventure train. Yeah, adventure train. Yeah, like no adventure path. Adventure sorry. path. Yeah, adventure. <laughs> but it's like an adventure Same train. Same difference. We all knew what you meant, and it's perfect description. Um, so, adventure train is an amazing phrase that I'm going that to steal and, and use again. Yeah. So <laughs> if they're not used to having to like kind of wander around and find and find things, if they're used to it just being handed to them, and then there being a correct course of action. Then they're going to need a little bit yeah. more hand-holding. Yeah. So kind of just talking about, like, hey, before you start the game. Um, so this is going to be a little bit of an exploratory game. You're going to, you know, somebody in town has information, but you don't know who. You have to find this person, you know, and then send them off to find that person. That way, then when they got to the bartender, the bartender's like, I don't know anything. They're like, okay, he's not the guy. Let's find the guy or girl. Right. right. And you can clusters. do the same thing yeah. organically with what... what Gina and, and Stu were talking about yeah. where you go to the bartender and the bartender doesn't know anything, but you mm-hmm. know, I would, I overheard a conversation between that guy yeah. and, you know, and kind of like aim them yeah. in the and, direction that they yeah. need to go. Yeah. And setting kind of up the, the, the expectation <coughs> of what the game will be before it starts. Yeah. Is a yeah. really important and, part, especially when it sounds like you didn't know these two people. Yeah. And sometimes you are going to get different people at your table that have different mm-hmm. play styles. And if you're not okay with that, then definitely you want to make sure there is consensus or that you understand how the play styles work together. Yeah. But sometimes you will have to kind of try to weave uh, sort of points of interest for different types of players. Right. So, yeah. Um, I love in the chat room, they're like, woo, woo, all aboard the adventure train. I know. That's what I was like. There needs to be a soundboard thing for that. Yes. Oh, my God. We need to make that happen. Why don't I have a choo-choo train sound yeah. soundboard thing? You we totally need, we need that. That we makes a lot of sense. We never needed it until now. Yeah. But, like, railroading? I mean, we, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I will see if list. I can find a good soundbite and send it to you. I've got a, I've got a subscription to a, like... I'm sure that's there because there's a bunch of sound nerds go out with with like high end recorders and record all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things about running games at cons is you will get players you do not know. Yep. And you have to be. It's really important to have that conversation that Kimmy was talking about leading into the game, so that you can get an idea of what their expectations for the game are Mm -hmm. and. You can kind of like align your expectations and theirs somewhere, hopefully in the middle, between what you were thinking and what they're thinking. Uh, at the last con on on my Sunday morning game, which was a bad streets game, so <coughs> you know it's a game of gritty street level crime drama, 
and right. I very specifically labeled it as 18 or above. And I've got a 12-year-old kid. Ooh. I've got a dad and his 12-year-old son. You don't mm. want to turn them away. And I'm like, I'm not turning them away, but right. I've really got to take a step back and dial this down from the R rating that Bad Streets usually is right. down to a PG-13 rating. And turns out that kid was awesome. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, and he was really involved, and he's the one that actually did the big thing at the end, and mm-hmm. it was his idea. Awesome. Because um, just things were going badly for a couple of the of the characters, and he said, can I do a thing right here? And I went, yes, you can do a thing right here. Mm-hmm. And, and he... He sacrificed his life and pushed one of the and saved one of the other detectives in the process. That's awesome. That's fantastic. It was beautiful. That was really nice of you. I don't know if I would have been that nice. You I have think, to. Well, yeah. You, I mean, if, 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 especially if, if uh, kids sits down. That's the future of the hobby. Yeah. Kids sits down at the table. Even if you were planning on playing, you know, an adult's game. Don't turn them away. No, I wouldn't turn them away necessarily. But I'd be like, so it said in the description that this was a blah 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 game. I don't know. I think maybe I went to Rogue's Reef too long. It was like, really it said on the sign that this yeah. is a dirty show. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, I think that was a good call. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not in, critiquing In this you. case, it really wasn't that hard. It was really a matter okay. of dialing back the descriptions. Oh, okay, a little bit. Okay, okay. And so you didn't have to change dialing the down the violence level a little modules bit. Modules that you had. Planned. No, I didn't have to change oh, okay. the game anyway. Just dial Just things down. About. Okay, that makes sense. Just, that would be easy. Uh, adjust the dials. The yeah. thing that. The the thing where I think the GM may have misconstrued something mm-hmm. is the whole idea of he wanted to have like a character a game that's more about character development, right? And that's fine, but what causes character development and character change is outside stimulus. So right. something has to happen game wise or story wise or setting wise that sets the yep. player off on this course to be, evolve or change and it or, has to or, cause them pain. Yep. Yeah, it does. So and they're looking around. That's the whole thing. The, the players are looking for something. They go to the bartender and ask for a quest. Okay, that's very hackneyed MMORPG stuff. And we've already talked about ways that you can get around that, but they're looking for something to do. Yep. Give them something to do. Right. Yep. Well, they, they want something. Give it to them. Yeah, yep. and and I'm also reminded of basically every Mel Gibson movie ever made, where basically his character is I'm he wants to be left alone to right. live his life and do his thing, but then somebody comes along and fucks with it. Right. And <laughs> unleashes a level of the hell Patriot. that they really didn't want. Mm-hmm. Because you know, at, but that's basically the idea that I'm that I'm thinking of is you've got to hurt them. And cause them pain some way to give them impetus to change. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's true. And then thoughts on... Should we wait for Kimmy to come back for the thoughts on Jack or God? Oh, um, well, we didn't read that yet. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, okay. Should we, I, I'm, we should wait because I don't think she's yeah. read this yet. Uh, should I talk a little bit about that book I'm reading? The way yes. Yeah. Yes, you should. Just before we get back to this. Fascinating. I'm reading this book uh, by a guy named Ron- John Ronson. And he wrote a book called... Uh, the Men Who Stare at Goats, which is made into a film. And then he's written a book since then called The Psychopath Test, which I've been reading. And uh, it talks about his experience 
with meeting different psychopaths in different settings. And one of the things that gets posited <clears throat> by a psychiatrist he's talking to is the fact that our political system is kind of set up so that psychopaths will excel. And I thought that would make a very interesting, whether or not it's true, and very well might be, but <laughs> whether or not it's true, it would make a fascinating game setting or, or a wrinkle in a game setting. And I'm reminded of, and I'm going to try to be careful about this because I don't want to have any spoilers, but if there's anyone out there who's read the Expanse series, there is a thing that, there's a, they, there's a prevalence of psychopaths. Right. Some of which seem to be, I'll be very general about this, some of which seem to be artificially created. Do yep. you concur? Yeah. And they end up being used by the people in charge to do things that ordinary people simply wouldn't do. Right. Which makes a fantastic idea for a story. Yes, it does. Or a wrinkle yeah. in a story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a great idea. I think that book is fantastic, and I'm uh, just hearing you talk about it before the show. I have to get it and read it now because it sounds amazing. He narrates the, the himself, and he has a very strange way of talking, which is somewhat, some, sometimes kind of hysterical. But, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I originally heard him on uh, Spycast, which is the um, International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. They do a podcast. The curator does a podcast every, I think it's every week. Maybe it's every month. I'm not sure. And they had this thing called Politicon uh -huh. in Pasadena. And I saw that this thing was going on. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. And, oh, I'm not too busy. And I didn't even look at it. I would have loved going to that thing. If they have another oh, one here, I'm going, been. if they have a <laughs> next year, I'm going to go to it. But um, in that, in the podcast, it, uh, John Ronson was one of the guests of honor. So really? he came in and talked on the show and he interviewed him and mentioned this book that he had, he had finished. And so that's what, that's what got me to. to okay. Read. But if you haven't seen men who stare at goats, see that as well. Cause it tells you about some of the crazy it's things. It's such a fun movie. Okay, it said it's uh, one of his favorite books in the chat room. Who did? One of his oh, favorite goats. movies. Sorry. Oh. Can't recommend it enough. It was fantastic. Oh, it's a ton of fun. Well, Kimmy's not back yet. Back yet. Yes, yeah. she is. Oh, she's back? She's oh, there here. she is. Okay. She's All right, here. on with the JackerCon Section stuff. one, after section A. JackerCon game. Uh, given my previous experience uh, experiences GMing, I was hesitant to start again, but I decided to schedule a game for this year's JackerCon, and I'm very glad I did. I got two really good players who were for giving of some of my fumbles, including getting the WFRP combat rules uh, wrong until the last fight, and who had some really fun ideas. Is that Warhammer Fantasy role-playing? Oh, probably, because I wasn't I wasn't grokking that. But I bet that it is. I think it is. I think it is. I think so, yes. I think it helped that I had more of a plan than usual. Using my knowledge of Hamlet for scene prompts while yes-anding their suggestions and the funny quirks of the dice. For example, the crisis turned mopey Hamlet into a Genghis Khan uh, admiring hyperactive general and Ophelia <laughs> managed to get through the entire campaign without going mad. Yay. Okay, I know. So eventually Hamlet and Ophelia managed to defeat the zombie horde, kill evil Uncle Claudius, and foil the machinations of uh, Polonius and 
oh, Polonius the Lich and zombie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> lurched off they into are dead the after sunset all. to have their own funny Tom Stoppard-esque travels or adventures. So thanks again to Jackercon and my awesome participants who helped make up for that awful first line GM. Oh, shut up. Siri. Siri's insane. She started talking for no reason. Uh, to make up for that awful first online GM experience. And also to the GM of the JackerCon steampunk adventure who let me participate despite being struck down by the flu partway through the session. I hope we can find time to finish that game soon. And thanks to the Happy Jacks RPG crew for making for reading my rambling email. Joseph A. from the UK. The Gurkuman. Gurkuman. On the forums. Oh, pr pronounced Gurkuman. Gurkuman. Cool. Uh, thank you very much, yeah. Joseph Hey, It sounds like an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh -huh. Well yeah. done. I'm bummed I had to work. Welcome back to my, GMing. I finally got... I know, got, which never happens for you. I finally got my JackerCon game scheduled mm -hmm. because of vagaries of work and crap like that. And then that morning, my ISP decided to shit itself. <laughs> That's so. a... It, it, there's so many little tiny pieces of technology we rely yeah, on for an internet connection. And there's a lot of them, too. It's a whole string of things that have to go right for you to ever have internet access. And it's amazing that it happens as often At as it all. does. At all, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all righty. Thank you for the email, Joseph. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe campaign idea from Clockwork Monk. Hey there, douchebags, douche nuggets, douche elopes, douche eaters. Or is that douche tears? It says douche eaters. Douche a tears. It could be douche. It totally could be douche tears. It could be douche tears. Okay, we will go with douche tears because yeah, I don't want it to be douche eaters. Douche eaters is just weird, <laughs> and the other stuff isn't <laughs> at all. Oh, Clockwork Monk here. And it's been a while since I've written in. I took a long break from RPGs in order to plan my wedding. Well, okay, if you Ooh. had to. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations on the wedding. Uh, well, I'm married now, and I'm Ooh. getting back to gaming. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you I'm go. Sure. I'm, I'm not sure that should be as funny as it is. <laughs> no. I know. That's telling for us, mm. not you. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I've had an idea floating around. <coughs> Excuse me, good grief. I've had an idea floating around in my head for the past several years, and I think I can pull it off. It's a little ambitious, but I've accrued a group of veteran players who are super proactive and know how to drive a good game. However, I wanted to email you folks and see if you could give me any advice on how this could be could utterly backfire or fail. The idea a Marvel Cinematic Universe-inspired campaign. Okay, this is, I'm not a comic book nerd. This is a, a, a campaign based on the movies. The movies. Okay, okay. right. I've seen almost all those. All right. uh, with our own universe and our own characters that my group would build together. Each session would play like a solo movie. One player is a superhero and the rest are their supporting cast. Uh, the players take turns each session. For example, player A is Metal Woman, and players B, C, and D are their supporting cast in session one. And then in session two, players player B is Colonel Canada, and players A, C, and D are their supporting cast, and so on. 
If the players wanted and things made sense, they could transfer their supporting characters between sessions. For example, example, player sees Agent Bill Molson. <laughs> oh, that was so bad, dude. <laughs> uh, Agent of Field could potentially show up at all of the sessions where he's not the superhero in focus. Uh, then I'd culminate in a team-up between all the superheroes dealing with the threat building through all their sessions. Currently, I only want to play as far as getting the big team up, so maybe six to eight sessions. If the idea is sustainable beyond then, that's something I'd address when I get to it. I'm aware it sounds insane for tabletop gaming. My players could potentially be juggling three or four or five characters, and as a GM, I'd have to keep track of them all. Plus the villains, plus the various settings they want to play in. But hey, I, I planned a wedding, so that's easy by comparison. I'm still trying to figure out what system to run it in. We'll come back to that in a minute. Leading contender is Fate, since character generation is a lot easier and the power imbalance between having a super-powered character and several unpowered characters isn't too hard to deal with. Plus, my RPG crew tends much more towards narrative than combat and dungeon crawling. If Wild Talents or any Woo! other systems is a better <laughs> choice, though, I'd love to hear any opinions. Uh, what other things should I look out for? Any advice on how best to do this? Thanks, guys. You're the best friends I wish I had. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Clockwork Monk. P.S. Uh, you were talking recently about setting the mood for Pulp Era games. If you need any music recommendations from the 30s or 40s, I can be your guy. Excellent. Awesome. Fabulous. If you need any music from the 1500s, we can be your people. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you um, need that. 70s or 80s, I got you covered. Um, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. So, should we start hey, with... Hey, give me one. Should we start with systems? Yeah. Go, Kimmy. Go Wild Talents. Um, <laughs> I love Wild Talents. It's super narrative. And it's built for superheroes, it's right? It's built yeah. for superheroes yep. and uh, mundanes, too. Right. So, you can have normal humans right next to super superheroes. Um, and you could probably, if you Googled <clears throat> online, you could probably find pre-made Captain America... Uh, America's oh, sure. in the system and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just, you know, rename them Colonel Canada. Um, <laughs> so that would be my re recommendation because I love that system. But <coughs> this is a pretty uh, standard kind of superhero setup. So there's probably a lot of systems that would do probably it well. Probably a lot of... Um, I, I think Fate was a great suggestion. Fate's yeah. a good call. Yeah. Uh, Marvel heroic role-playing leaps to mind. Um, it's Cortex-based. And so it's, again, very narrative. It probably comes with Captain America on the box. So uh, It has <laughs> it Wolverine on the cover. Looking, of course it does. Looking in, uh, on the, on the uh, chat room, uh, Lokio suggests GURPS is a great candidate. Uh, but yeah, you need to... That, that's not an easy system to no. make characters in. Especially if we're talking... Like he's talking multiple sets of yes. right, many, many um, characters. You know, Hero would work. Again, not an easy setup. Not an easy setup. Yeah. My concern with the concept, mm -hmm. player D doesn't get to be the main focus yeah. until four sessions into the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a problem. It yeah. seems to me that that's a problem. I, that would seem like a problem to me. Also, what if you have players A, B, C, and D, and C... Never wants to be the focus of attention. Right. They don't want that job. They don't want that at all. Um, that could be a problem as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and unless things are really super scripted, 
you're basically going to have the majority of your party turning down opportunities to be to, to shine. Yeah. They're going to have to default to letting whoever is like the golden child for that episode. Right. Like do all the cool things. And even if they have a great idea, then they have to like no end themselves. Right. So that, to keep that other person in the, it depend- in the Yeah. Focus. And it depends on you. It, you. it would be incumbent upon you to provide aspects to that game where they can shine. Cause you look yeah. at a show like once again, I don't know. I, I've got Buffy on the brain today, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, the chosen, but you still are just as entertained by watching Xander or Willow or mm-hmm. right. And, and so they there's have, gotta be. Yeah. And, and some of the stories that come out in Buffy, really Buffy's a minor character in mm-hmm. some of those stories. Yeah. And in, in a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, when someone comes up with this great idea for a concept for a campaign, I'm reminded of reading, uh, oh, what is the name of that book? Game Night, which is by the, oh, yeah. that's by the guy who did the critical, critical dash mits, critical dash com or dot net, okay. which was like a gaming blog. And he wrote about his game and he's a very good writer is hysterical because they were just like totally dysfunctional. <laughs> but he wrote a book. I think it's called Game. Is it Game Night? It, it, that I think that's, that's what it sounds like. Have you read it? I, I no, but I remember. Okay. I yeah. He, the guy comes up with this overarching, brilliant idea right? for his campaign, the high concept game, which is that their like fantasy world is actually like a giant lizard. Or something like that. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it was. And when they finally get to that point, after they've been playing for a couple of years, they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? <laughs> this is stupid. Uh-huh. Right? Because it it sort of gets, oh, my ice cream cone. Yeah, that was <laughs> fast. Well, yeah, the ice cream truck. Oh. Yeah. So, but they go through all this all this stuff, and it just kind of pulls the rug out, uh, out underneath it for everyone. And this isn't quite the same idea. But I'm worried when you start to try to orchestrate <clears throat> these large things. It's like I have this. Yeah. It backfires a lot. I, I find for myself, anytime I think the, the words, I have a really great idea for a campaign. It's really awesome. Go through my head. I'm probably wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> you and I have probably implemented many of these seemingly good ideas. Oh, yeah. To, and hilarity does not ensue. And hilarity does not <laughs> ensue. And even sometimes when you think this is a really cool twist mm-hmm. that's really going to grab the the players and they're going to think this is really cool and awesome, I find for for the games that I run that reveal moment is never what I envisioned it exactly. being. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm reminded of the game I ran a while back where the characters are all AIs in in spaceships. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking, and the way this was set up, the characters, the players had no idea about this when right. they picked characters because they had a symbol to work with. And they pick their characters, and I hand them the packets, and they start reading. And the first thing they read is like the startup script of a computer, and they're reading all these commands as they're going by, you know, command and re- result, and right. and then it starts interspersing with as awareness comes to the AI, and it becomes self-aware. And you get to the end of it, and you know that's when you have this realization. And we haven't even gotten to the character sheet yet. But I was expecting to have this big, oh my god, we're AIs! No. Didn't happen. No, but it, 
and like Lokio said in the chat room, though, it's this isn't this particular setup wouldn't have a reveal moment. It it would be the way the game's set up, and that the players would buy into that if they're mm. going to play true. it. Yeah, but yeah, but you would have to make it strong enough. I I totally agree with you. If you're not going to be Metal Woman or Colonel Canada, you want a compelling reason that that's that gameplay is still fun. Why am I involved? Exactly. In this? Right. You know, when I'm, you know, uh, Bill Folsom was it? Was it? Um, Molsom. You know, Molsom. Why am I involved? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. am I involved in this? Right. <clears throat> also, you want to be careful too. If you want to give them more freedom than not, because that way they don't just follow the movie plots, right? Because that's the other thing they're going to default to, kind of like what they know, right? Especially if they're having to be very scripted and careful about, yeah. So they're going to follow Agent Coulson's like actions in the movie, probably because they don't want to take away the spotlight. So they know that's like an acceptable place for them to be. So you're going to get more. Uh, predictability, less creativity, and basically constrained player agents, and get stabbed by and get stabbed by Loki, and end up in Tahiti for several months. Yeah, Tahiti, magical place, magical place, (laughs) magical place. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's game night by Johnny Nexus. Thank you, Benji. And yeah, spoilers. Sorry, (laughs) spoilers. Cool. Thank you for the email. I Clockwork Monk. I hope the game works out. Yeah, Um, no, I would have some. Some concerns if I was trying to run this. Um, you really got to watch the fact that yeah. players C and D are going to be going through respectively two yeah. and three sessions without getting spotlight. So yeah. either change that part of it, or okay, this first session you're playing the superhero and you're playing the support team, and balance it out so that the so that the spotlight bounces around from character right, to character. Definitely, you definitely want to make sure you put things into each session that only the normals can deal with. Right. That you know the the superhero for whatever reason they can't deal with this problem. Mm-hmm. I would be interested. easiest way to do that is with skills. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You need someone who's a computer hacker. Oh well. Yeah. Metal woman doesn't. Yeah. Metal woman like, has you know giant meat hook hands. Can't right. type on or a like computer. Like night, and... night nurse to all the supers. Yep. Gaming horror story. It's back to me, huh? It is. Mm-hmm. It is with my ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> Greeks greetings, Stu and the douche eaters. Or douche eaters. Douche eketers. Yeah, this, this one actually is douche douche eaters. Kateers. Useless trivia man here with a gaming horror story for Yay. your enjoyment, you sick, twisted bastards. That's us. My parents were married. Um, this scene, <laughs> I was stationed... The scene, colon, I was stationed in Korea and had just found a group of fellow soldier gamers. The GM, while very good in many GMing ways, was a bit of a hothead. We were gaming on a coffee table in the barracks common area, three of us on a couch and the GM across from us on a chair. I think one or two more of the other chairs or maybe just sitting on the floor. Honestly, can't even remember what system we were playing. Probably D&D, but it's not important to the story. What does matter is that we were 19 to 20-something kids, and for whatever reason, that night, we just weren't feeling it. We were joking, goofing, and tangenting tangenting all over the place, and the GM was getting pissed off. 
It came to a head when the GM lost his temper. He stood up, snatched up a D20 from the table, and chucked it as hard as he could at a cinder block wall right behind the couch. Just over our heads. His angry outburst and a loud tick of the impacting die silenced the room. And we all just looked at each other in shock as the D20 went tumbling across the room. When the quiet finally got too awkward to bear, someone cracked a small joke and we broke into a, a bit of relieved laughter. The GM growled that we were pissing him off because we weren't paying attention. He got up to fetch the wayward die. I was one of three sitting on the couch and Tom was next to me. Tom was a great gamer. Uh, one of the most chill guys I've ever met and the first devout Mormon I ever met. Uh, somebody asked Tom if he was okay and cracked a joke about the GM scaring him to tears. We look over at Tom and we're surprised to see tears streaming down his face. Dude, are you okay? Tom was angrier than I'd ever seen him before. No, I'm not okay. He hit me in the head. <laughs> What? That was the sound of the block wall, I guess. Oh what? The GM was aiming for the wall above our heads, but in his rage, <gasps> he bounced the fucking D20 right off the middle of Tom's forehead as hard as he could throw it. The GM's anger cooled off instantly. I better. I'm <laughs> sure. And he immediately apologized to Tom. Wow. The GM learned a, a lesson about losing his temper, and Tom got a triangular tattoo of a D20 on his head. Okay, not really, but we joked about it, and it was funny at the time. I'm pretty sure anyone else in the group would have jumped the GM, but being a chill guy as he was, Tom barely said another word about it. Wow. Oh, my God, that's so sad. <laughs> Didn't take an eye out, though. Mm -mm. No, but that's why you can't be like, a rageaholic. Dude, no. rage therapy, man. Mm -hmm. Rage therapy. you're going to hurt people you need or therapy. break things. You need therapy. 20s. <laughs> I've... Yeah, <laughs> it's the. I think it's the age. Yeah, um, I've been mad fair. enough that I threw stuff before, and if you go through all that point, and they probably don't get many opportunities to game, and and to be fair, being in the military when you're that age is like a contradiction in terms because on the one hand they're training you to be you know really hyper aggressive. Mm -hmm. At the right, but which is why they want twenty-year-olds, right? And at the same time, you have to be really hyper-controlled. It's right. it's really and it's a very difficult thing for nineteen, twenty-year-olds to to you know internalize and get your brain around. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the same league as some of the other horror stories, but it should be a good holy shit or two. Uh, both guys stayed in the gaming group until they got shipped home, as did we all. And I hope they're still gaming today. I lost touch with all of that crew and haven't talked to them in decades. Anyway, thanks for keeping us entertained and informed with your excellent douchebaggery. Yay. With much love and dice ducking. This is Trivia Man, PS Drink, PPS Duck. And he's <laughs> in the chat room. I know. Hello. Hey. Good story. Yeah, that's a good story. Um, it is. And and it, 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 and I'll take the stork, the stork moment because I'm sitting in his chair. Um, it, it. It's also kind of a cautionary tale for everyone. Don't get so wrapped up. It's a fucking game. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are some nights when you sit down at the table and nobody's feeling it. It's oh, just, yeah. You're just, and a, as a GM, I just sit <coughs> back and look at those nights and I go, you know what? We're not getting anywhere tonight. Mm -hmm. Zombie dice. Yeah. yeah. Play zombie yeah. dice. Yeah. Um, 
Although I, I have found that when you're not feeling it, you can find something about the game that you can feel. Yeah. I think so, too. You know what I mean? Yep. You go shopping. But I think that's something you learn yeah. with yeah. shopping, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's something you learn with maturity, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And, and then as a GM, you learn that flexibility, definitely. Yeah. It's yep. not something where you sit yep. down and you're expecting the battle. This is yeah. what you're going in this dungeon tonight. Yeah. I've yeah. drawn it and out. maybe the two and a half hour session versus the four hour session. Right. And, and, and then you just bullshit and spend time. Yeah. And, and that's friends. something that I think GMs need to, to be prepared to do. And that is, you know what? It's just not happening tonight mm -hmm. so i'm gonna close this down and let's just you know like shoot the breeze for an hour and, and hang out because obviously we're feeling a need to socialize right yeah because that happens too <laughs> i was trying to photobomb your selfie <laughs> i know <laughs> uh and viscount eric viscount eric viscount eric viscount sorry eric. uh that's why they make the plush dice they do. Yeah, I love I love plush dice. Poof. <laughs> um, Poof. I think you throw that around. Uh, the room. One of the few players I've ever summarily ejected from a game. Mm -hmm. um, I found out he was actually packing a pistol. Oh boy! At Jesus. the game, and he what? referred to it as as his lesser wand of player control. And I went, "You are gone. <laughs> you are gone from my game." <laughs> Even in an open carry state, you should probably check with the host. Yeah. <laughs> Do not bring a gun into my house if I don't know about it. Yeah, you got to let people know. Especially, you let people know. Five Especially kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have friends who have CCWs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and sure. when we have parties or sure. something like that, they'll put they'll put their, their guns yeah. in my safe, which is fine. Um, but yeah, you don't walk into someone's house with armed unannounced right no <laughs> especially with kids and stuff that's just no. yeah <laughs> yeah all right is that, that it that was mm -hmm. a good letter though yeah thank you very much yeah uh, trivia man i think we're done yeah yep uh <laughs> and then tuesday we're playing yeah dominions i'm very excited um, and we got to figure out when we're going to play vampire Eventually. I'm available. I, I want to fast forward a little bit because we okay. kind of had a good conclusion to the mm -hmm. particular story arc. Mm -hmm. So I'd like right. to fast forward months. Okay. So some time has gone by. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then. Cool. That, it might just... be a good time because I was listening to the last episode. I haven't finished it yet. Mm -hmm. um, like a little bit. There you go. Um, but um, you might want to do like uh, a section epilogue for each of the characters and say, so how does the next several months that's go what for I was, you? Yeah, that's what I was going to do, write a paragraph or two about what happens right. over the course of the next you know, cause however I, long. It, it would be interesting, you know, how does how does Adrian solidify her rule of the island? How right. does, you know, how, how do these different things play out and settle in over the next few months? And now, okay, now that's where we are. That's our baseline for the yeah. next step. Because mm -hmm. we, we've reached a kind of a, a good stopping point. Uh-huh. From the last session, and I'm, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in the background. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we're in the middle of an act of action in Vast Dominion. So yeah, we ended. We're the, gonna start the, right. You were waylaid by pirates. Yep. Yeah. Arg. All right. Cool. Uh, here we go. Jack's RPG Podcast.
Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 9 of Happy Jack Jeopardy Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Gina. This is Jib. And I'm still Kimmy. And join us for the next convention, uh, September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Hilton Hotel. Woot. For Strategicon. Go to strategicon.net for information. That's it. Exciting. Uh, join us. I don't, know if, I don't remember if we're on Friday or Saturday next week. I can't remember. Friday. Anyway. Friday, I think. Is it Friday? Friday night? Happychecks.org slash live. Email us at happychecksrpg at gmail.com. Thank you. We do a song. Oh man, I screwed it up. That's pretty oh, Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? It is Saturday next week.